Hey folks, welcome back. It's thegoodlifebabe.com. Jeff and Joel's Tales from New Orleans, episode 174. Teddy, 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 Teddy. Hey everybody, welcome back. It's goodlifebabe.com. Jeff and Joel's Tales from New Orleans, episode 174. Uh, very pleased to have... Uh, one of our all-time favorite recurring guests, uh, Aaron Lambert, in the house. What's up, Aaron? What's up, New Orleans? What's up, Jeff? How you doing, Joel? Um, doing great. Good, good, doing yes, great. we are. Got a little housekeeping to do, and then we're going to jump right into keep that into house the Saints clean. House. We're going to keep it clean. We're going to do the dustbuster. Um, but man, gotta say, like you know, Aaron, you were we're on episode what one seventy four now, which equates to about two hundred thirty five shows that we've done. Yeah, that's right. Because of our the way we used to do it. But Aaron was our very first guest on this iteration. Right, that's right, as it should be. And the only episode that I've ever deleted. I'm, I am so fucking honored. Because I'm so honored you deleted my during, content. Well, I really just, am. I made some... Can I put that on I my bio? I made some remark that where I compared an, an, an like part of an end, end time. Jesus. Uh, part of a human body uh, to a... Uh, to a um, what do you call it? Um, I have no idea. No, the uh, down the street, the slut, the, not the slushies, but the um, snowballs. Thank you, snowballs. <laughs> Work through it. Oh, okay. okay. Working through yeah, it. Yeah, I remember. Shaking out the rust still. Yeah. And I decided that like one little remark couldn't be on the internet forever with my name attached to it. So I knew when it came out of your <laughs> I know, mouth. You looked at me. I was like, you looked at me. It was so bad. It was the very first episode, though. It so was. And then to, you ran for office, and it was glorious. Well, that's why I took it down because I was like, ah, oh, if someone were to go. So, folks, you can't find that dirt on me. Um, I've never compromised myself on this podcast. But I'll tell anybody. I would, uh, li- I'd like to take some credit as the advice giver. <laughs> yeah. Also, in terms of like taking that down and just mention that there was some resistance to doing that uh, from said candidate. That's before right. Before it did come down. <laughs> I am who I am. <laughs> yeah, that was, yeah. yeah, how'd that play out for you? Hey, at least, I take, uh, <laughs> at least I do take the advice that, that smart people give me. Um, hey, real quick housekeeping. Um, Jeff, I'd shared this with you. Uh, we we love hearing from people. Look, that's true. Our our folks from Amsterdam and, and everyone listens to the pod knows who we're talking about. Like those guys reached out to us in person, online, whatever. And now, like what three years later or whatever, there's this collective friendship group happening between a lot of our friends in New Orleans and a lot of their friends. They have a gang in Amsterdam. We have a gang in New Orleans, and there's all these like. There's a transsectional transatlantic cable relationship thing happening, yeah. which is awesome. And uh, so we like to shout out to people who shout out to us. And we got this really sweet note uh, on the Apple Podcast review, uh, which we're I guess we're a five star rated podcast. Look, man, I'm constantly surprised by the people, you know, either by word or by message or whatever the case may be that people talk about how they've listened to the podcast you know up to and including other friends that we now have uh in that's right in the netherlands they're like we don't even care that joel stumbles through the whole snowball whatever thing. including lars uh shout out to lars by the way okay yeah lars gave it gave it give it some props well, you remember that Lars wanted to know if Ivan had actually purchased the land. Oh yes. In, yes. Exactly. <laughs> in Mexico. That was his first question to you. That like, was his first question. Right, yeah, right. Yeah. Little homie, everybody. Shout out to him. I texted him to see if he could come on tonight over the phone and haven't haven't heard back. But just I'm just gonna read this. This is like self congratulatory, patting ourselves on the back. But it's a really sweet review. You know? And I think 
you know, we're doing this shit for free. And uh, it's nice when people say nice things. And she said some particularly nice things. I'll just go on with it. So I just want to say that uh, if anybody else out there wants to write us a nice note, uh, feel free to do Please it anytime. Do so. Joel, take it away. Please do so. So this is the handle for this person is Mom of Free. Um, Mom of Free. F-R-E-E. Two months listening, very impressed, which is the subject line. And this was back in May. So she started listening two months before that. Uh, I love everything about this podcast, the diverse subject matter with music as a through line, the politics, the pro-cultural takes, the intelligence, the wit, the voices of the host, the courageous conversations, and the education I continue to receive. I know what it means to Miss New Orleans, and this podcast has helped me assuage my, and I don't even know what this word is, saudad? Are you familiar with this word? Spell it. S-A-U-D-A-D-E. That's an SAT word. No, I, I looked it yeah, up. It's sure like it's, it's a sure it's a Portuguese uh, saudade. Saudade, and it, and it means basically melancholy missing. Yeah. Know. Yes. It's, yeah. Understood. Um, for me, the single best moment of the podcasting I've ever heard. Sorry. For me, the single best moment of podcasting I've ever heard was the sound of rain pouring down in Gentilly through their open window on a recent podcast. So much love to these guys. Also, f cancer. Super Fuck sweet. Cancer. It's a great review. It's super sweet. Thanks, Mama Free. Yeah. If you want to hit <laughs> Thank us you up, so if much. you want to hit us up on Facebook or whatever, direct message and you're in town or have people here, or whatever. We always like to connect with people who like the pod. That's right. So thanks. Um so that's the housekeeping. Dude, Teddy. Teddy. Score update, your New Orleans Pelicans trail the Atlanta Hawks, forty two forty three, eight minutes left in the second quarter. Teddy Bridgewater, baby. Here's my thing. Yeah, you were uh, at, you were at the game last yesterday. Uh, uh, yeah, I was at the game. But really, what I wanted to say needed to be said weeks ago when Drew got hurt because I personally knew people that immediately started to look to sell their Cowboys tickets and sell this ticket and that ticket. Right. They figured Drew's going out. We're going to maybe go three and three. Best case scenario. Best case scenario. I wanted to punch every one of those people in the dicker throat for this simple reason. Drew Brees, Archie Manning, okay? Maybe Jeff Blake? Maybe. Those are the only three dudes that you could argue to me played the quarterback position for the New Orleans Saints and were as talented as Teddy Bridgewater. Period. Don't tell me he's not more talented and better than Bobby Bear, Jake DeLome. I brought, I got names Wait a for minute. you, bro. Seriously? Dude, Jake DeLome? Dude. All right, here, and, and his here, best years? Here, here's my thing. His best years. Go back and look. Well, he, he had about three best years. No, he had about a Two. year and a half. And if you look at his stats, even from the Super Bowl year they went, that was because of Stephen, uh, uh, Stephen, what was his name? The runner, the running back that went off for 1,600 and like 70-some yards. Bridgewater year. this year or Bridgewater in 2014 no, no, no. pre-injury? I am saying that the Teddy Bridgewater that was about to get under center for our New Orleans Saints three weeks ago was arguably the third most talented person to ever take snaps for the Saints. That is a hot take. It's not a hot take. I think it's a hot take. Okay, after Archie and Drew, who would you seriously argue was more talented? 
I mean, I can Aaron, Aaron Brooks was more talented than Teddy Bridgewater. Okay, this version of Teddy Brooks. You did not injury. see Aaron Brooks like we saw Aaron Brooks do the things he did. Teddy Bridgewater, previous to this game, he's already been a Pro Bowl quarterback. He made the Pro Bowl for Minnesota two years. Well, ago. that's what I meant, like pre-injury or post-injury. Teddy Bridgewater. All of Teddy. All of Teddy. The, here's your Saints quarterbacks. Is Teddy better than Luke McCown, Mark Brunel, Todd Bauman? No. Jake DeLome, Billy Joe Hobart, Billy Joe Tolliver. Jake DeLome was probably better. Danny Werfel, Kerry Collins, Doug Nussmeyer, Danny Werfel, Heath Schuler, Jim Everett, Steve Walsh, Mike Buck, Wade Wilson. No, I get it. I get it. Yeah, John Forcade. Like, yeah. we didn't have a lot We've to had choose quarterbacks. No, no, I agree. I mean, We really I, didn't. Um, you I'd know, say Aaron, I'd put Aaron It gets Brooks. complicated a little bit by sample size and like how long he's played for us and stuff like that, you know, but... It I would not say Aaron Brooks. <laughs> it, granted, it gets uh, it's small when you get to a small sample size. But after seeing what I saw with my eyes yeah. on the field, yeah. and the first thing I got to say about the game before I say anything about Teddy is I've never seen a coach call a better game for a quarterback than I saw oh, a yeah, coach right. call for Teddy the other day. It was like playing Madden and your friend's calling the plays and every play he calls for you, you've got a receiver open. And Teddy made the throws. He made plays. Dude, he made the plays. He was. He looked good. His average yard per pass actually yesterday was higher by more than two yards on any game of 300 yards that Drew's had for the last two years. Meaning all the other games over the last two seasons Drew's had where he threw for more than 300 yards. He was only averaging high fives to low eights on yards yeah, per Yeah, Teddy pass. was like a 6.7 or something. Ted, he ended up almost at 9-1. Oh, okay. He was high. Well, I mean, clearly, there's been this really intelligent phasing in of Teddy and what he's been, asked, what he's been asked to do between the time that he came in during the Rams game which obviously he was, you know, caught like a deer in headlights, which any backup quarterback is going to be, you know, because you don't get the reps as a first string. Right. And over these three weeks, like you saw him air it downfield in this last game. A little bit. And it's so a little bit, but that's what I mean by phasing it. You know, our longest pass was, well, yeah, he, our third longest pass was by uh, Taysom. Look, well, but that's that's you know whatever. I mean, I would rather see him do that four times in a game, sure, than, than zero, zero times in yeah, a game. Yeah, yeah, you know yeah. what I mean? And he's he's getting there. He obviously had a, he had a tremendous game this this past week, and they phased it in, and that's just part of the brilliance of uh, of of Sean Payton. And the other thing is like, where do we keep getting these quarterbacks coaches that we have? Because I mean, obviously we lost one. Uh, to LSU, and suddenly Joe, Joe Burrow is the fucking best fucking quarterback. Yeah. He's the best quarterback in college football, right? right? And they just like they reach and down. He looks like Drew Brees, and, and he plays. But he looks he looks markedly blasphemy. no in the sense in the way that he like has multiple reads, the way that he pump fakes, the way that he does his like three, steps up his steps, in the pocket, steps up in the pocket. Look, Teddy remarkably doesn't look like Drew Brees and only stepped up in the pocket for the first time in three games once yesterday towards and I think it was in the fourth quarter he actually stepped up in the pocket and it looked a little bit like Drew Brees now here's like the, someone finally told him to stop doing this circuitous like out of the pocket routes as soon as he feels any pressure now but he's only done that one time the, in three games there he holds on to the ball too long. He throws balls behind the receiver. He doesn't throw balls in time. Who are you talking about? Even right now? yesterday Teddy. He's talking about Teddy. All right. 
you're ripping up a guy who who had who ended up, up with yeah could somebody please replay the last eight seconds that came out of his mouth because <laughs> it sure as hell didn't sound like you were talking didn't he about throw the ball behind can the receivers I, can yesterday. i complete can i finish talking please yes it certainly didn't sound your previous comments did not sound like you were talking about a quarterback that just completed 73 percent of his passes for over 300 yards and four touchdowns yep that's not it sounded like you were talking about somebody who maybe performed like Jameis Winston. He produced, and he didn't turn the ball over. No, he did turn the ball over one time. But I don't but think that, that was that interception him. was that really was, yeah, on Even him. Kamara has even accepted responsibility. No, I agree with that. That's right, why, that's right, why that, I just right, said right, he right. didn't turn the ball so, over because it wasn't right. on him. But he did hold on to the ball too long throughout the game. He did throw the ball behind receivers, and he's still a little bit of like you know a half second late on most plays, and he doesn't step up in the pocket consistently, yet he's still produced. You know, and okay. I'm, I'm all about to the your production. Point, to your point, some quarterbacks, if you look at their pocket presence and their pocket behavior, it's very different. One of the reasons it's very different is their physical stature. A short quarterback needs to move up in the pocket because you don't have the height to see above five guys. Right. A bigger quarterback, Teddy, does happen to be about three and a half inches taller than Drew. Right. A taller quarterback doesn't have the same necessity. Sure. The other thing, like you pointed out, Teddy used to be a much more athletically inclined quarterback where he liked making throws on the run and his time in Minnesota tried to convert him into more of a pocket passer. Then he comes into our offense, which is a climbing pocket passer, a quarterback that drops back seven or five and then moves up three to four and then takes it. That's not Teddy's thing. To your point about Teddy being thrown to the wolves, the issue literally was the plays that they were calling that day were designed for a quarterback that drops seven steps and moves up three. That's Not right. for a quarterback that drops seven and is comfortable at seven just moving left and right. So all those design sure. issues, like you were pointing out, have been handled brilliantly by coach. To me, and I watched the game at least three quarters of it again last night, uh, Teddy Bridgewater, to me, to my eyes, yeah, there was a couple balls behind and a couple balls that could have been a little further and everything, but he played so well. He sure did. Last night. But that there are probably twenty five teams in the NFL that would be thrilled to have them as their quarterback. And they and will. I'm one of them will to have them. And one of them will. Well here's year. the thing is I don't know that. Prior to him performing as well as he looked yesterday, I think there's also a chance that yesterday you saw a look into the Saints future. Because Teddy sees how easy this offense is if he oh, just does this. Only if Drew get, decides to retire. Well, he will next year or the year after. No, but the year after won't work because Teddy, yesterday's game was his resume game. And he's going to command a lot of money in free agency. And he is, he is a free agent. He can go to any team that he wants. Are you aware with how much money was thrown at him this year? Yeah, from Miami? $7 million. I thought it was no, eight, we eight, eight, eight five. Yeah, we, no. kept, we kept him for seven. We kept him for seven. Miami was willing to go, give him like eleven five. But someone's going to give him. Who would want to play on that team? Though? Someone's going to give him fifteen. Yeah, well, they're going to have all these draft picks. Miami's going to be fine in the next two years. And I'm just saying, Teddy Bridgewater. To me, if we're sold that he's going to be the future, just looking at the character of his decisions so I'm far. Not. I think he's going to be more than willing to hang around and back up Drew for one more year, where Drew's probably going to get banged up again. Because these are the keys that are going to get fucking handed to him. It's like knowing that you're going to be after Brady. It's like knowing that you're going to be after a dynasty. So if someone offers him four years at $20 million a year and $50 million guaranteed, you think he declines that to play 
um, one more season as Drew's backup. No fucking way in hell, dude. Sorry. There's just no way that happens. I think it. What do we have him on right now? It's a one-year deal. It's a one-year deal. He's a yeah. free agent. No, I think I think we would renegotiate his deal, throw more money at him to keep him around. Well, we don't have the salary cap, but okay. We would. Depending I mean, if, on what Drew restructures and what Drew does. Well, if Drew restructures, but no, Drew is in the first of a two-year Look, deal. Right after now. seeing what he saw yesterday, I'm just telling you, this is my gut. I don't think Sean Payton is gonna let I Teddy saw, Bridgewater go very easily. I saw the best pass play of the game made by Taysom Hill. And I go saw, back and look at that throw. And, it was behind him. And I saw my I saw really, I saw Michael Thomas. That. What I made will. that throw the best throw? I saw throw. Michael Thomas have to come back to the ball what, every time. What made Taysom throw the best throw? Because it was behind oh, the receiver. I'm trying to rally you up. Sorry I shouldn't have said that, but I'm just saying this. So many times Michael Thomas had to stop his route to come back to the ball. There was, he's a brilliant receiver. There was one deep route where the ball was behind him. No, I'll been, watch the replays with you. Okay. Unless there, you can tell there me were a lot. There were a lot, of, there were a lot of completions where he had to stop his route and come back to the okay. ball. Okay. At that, least five. You, you speak in hyperbole all the At time. At least five. What is a lot? You're saying a lot? At least five. I'm willing to bet you there I'm were. saying there were five where I'm, he had to come back to the ball. I'm willing to bet you my season tickets for the rest of the year against your dollar bill. That okay. there were not five catches by Michael Thomas that were underthrown. Or that he had to come back for it. I mean, but you and I might mince. I mean, we don't need, might mince words about like what Hang is on. a comeback. Did to you a ball. did you well, watch that, the game that yesterday, pass Jeffrey? That he made did uh, for Michael Thomas for the touchdown. I think it was the longest pass of the game, and he dropped it right in the bread basket. Yeah. Did you watch the game <laughs> yesterday? Uh, yeah. Would you say that there were a lot of Teddy's passes that were underthrown? Is is that the word you would use? It didn't strike me that way, you know. But what, as a lot, it didn't strike me as a, it, it's not something that lodged itself in my there head. There was some, there were know? a few, but a lot. But let me James Winston. I just had point, a there's lot. three to five that were underthrown that didn't look that bad. Even the even the bread basket catch looks great because Michael Thomas. But listen, is, I, I want I want to say this. I want to say this. That, that yeah, like one thing yeah. is that we should be in agreement that you know we've won three games without Drew Brees. You know, which has already eclipsed what most of the pundits were saying about the Saints before any of that happened. Uh, you know, Drew Brees going down and being out uh, for a while. But That's my point is that I have I have not seen. A backup quarterback um, who hasn't started in as long as uh, Teddy has make the kind of phased improvements that this guy sure. has every week. Agreed. So, Period. so I mean, and I agree that here, in, here. in the Teddy, first, well, Teddy, you have to, Teddy. You remember the Saints thread going on in preseason when everyone was giving me shit for saying no, Teddy's a good quarterback, and everyone was bagging on him in the preseason. No, the only thing remember we remember that? is you always bringing up K. Rich anytime we want to talk about the Pelicans was, or anything significant. I just, I just, I just pointed out that preseason is not a great litmus test, and everyone like Wheeler and everyone else wanted him off the team. Couldn't stand the fact that he got signed to the contract that he got signed. I don't remember that. Okay, I can. I didn't feel that way. I don't remember. Yeah. Maybe I, I was well, let me, ignoring let me just the thread point, that day. Point this out as well. Like, and yeah, and I'm everybody on t- who, I'm on t- I'm everybody on who comes out of the Saints program, uh, quarterback program, winds up being this quarterback that's valued you know i mean look what happened i mean chase daniel comes in and what bam dude has made 40 million dollars off of i mean being a backup are you fucking are you fucking kidding me man i mean this that's guy comes in and then uh who the backup for the jets as well right who got called in yet again from like coaching or who was that guy man that we had oh it's the mccown right oh, yeah. Luke, luke yeah luke. luke comes back again <laughs> And uh, and has a good performance, you know, forever. Who whoever he's playing for now, I think it's the Jets. But um, you know, to me, 
I feel really good about where we are right now. I feel good about seeing Drew Brees throw a Nerf ball in yep. some in some video right now. And and I will say this that there's some analysts out there who are smart enough to realize like what a potential juggernaut this team is looking like when Drew Brees comes back. They're saying it. They're, They're finally saying, saying it. it. They're and all saying it. You, yeah. We have the best team in the NFC right now, and I'll take our chances against the Chiefs or the hoodie. And we can talk about um, we can talk about Teddy all day long, and it's right and appropriate to Just do so that. Just so happy for the guy. They were going to fucking cut his too. leg off, But what we, should, what we should really, awesome. I think, be talking about is how fucking good our defense is all oh, right that too but can, real quick can we transition we to, to the defense through special teams because i've been but, chanting mvp when thomas morstead goes on the field the performance he had against seattle field position the first half that pinpoint one that went out at the two and then the other one at the seven are you fucking and kidding he was me? named uh, he is, special which, teams player of the week he should be of a, the month too he yeah, made it yeah, for yeah. the month he I should mean, be in the hall of fame when he retires yeah absolutely there has never yeah. been ambush Puts this man in the Hall of no, Fame. No, just that alone. Ambush. Just that alone. Can anybody remember any of Ray Guy's kicks? No, thank you. I can. Ambush. I can remember those corner kicks, but I do want to point out real quick before we move on to Spock. You I'm remember sorry. one specifically? No, really? I, I do. I, I grew Name up one. watching the Name Raiders. Well, Ray Guy I himself Ray said Guy, that like Ray Guy himself said that Thomas Morstead was the heir apparent to Ray Guy. I agree with that completely. I remember I just Ray remembering Guy too. being mesmerized by Ray Guy. But I don't have any specific memories of him like I do of Ambush. You said you have a specific well, no, memory. No, I just remember specific corner kicks. That he was good. The coffin. No, I remember the coffin corner kicks again and again and again. Yeah. I remember exactly his. I remember exactly how he kicked the ball. He had the highest. What like, number did he wear? I don't know. Why See, would I know that? this is why at some point when uh -huh. I get into why would I know that? Because if you, I wasn't a Raiders fan. But if you saw him do this hundreds and hundreds of times, I would think at some point maybe you notice what number the guy was wearing. What the fuck what number somebody wears? How many steps did he take before the punt? Dude, was, it, was he three or I five? Just, I remember the coffin at three. No, he I remember, wasn't. I remember the coffin. He was corner. five. Um, I just want to say, can we agree that Michael Thomas is the best wide receiver the Saints have ever had? Before we move on, yeah, well, I mean, I'll agree that if I can agree that I could have sworn that I brought this up on this podcast, probably and one of you was objecting. Oh, he hasn't had the sample size. I it was wasn't like, me. I was like, no, I, I test. It wouldn't have been me. I test. I've but been saying this podcast was that because I was saying after last year, so dummy podcast. Yeah, yeah, a podcast right. that nobody should listen to. The eye test. He he's nowhere close yet to Colston's numbers. No, but it doesn't matter. He's still a better receiver. And and Deuce, yes, to me and Pierre Thomas, to me are my two favorite, most productive Saints running backs of all time. That all said, I test Alvin Kamara. Yeah. and Michael Thomas are the two most skilled skill position players we have ever, ever had. Ever, ever, absolutely, ever. Period. Done. Period. Done. It's not close. The shit that fucking the glitch does, Kamara, it, it's it's watching a video game and all of a sudden the guy's underneath five other guys and then he's six yards It's like the Matrix. The it's the glitch. It doesn't make sense. It doesn't right. make sense. And seeing how Coach used him yesterday to manipulate the linebackers to make it easy on our tight end and slot receivers, thank God we had a Jared Cook sighting yesterday finally thank to see God. him do something. Yeah. That dude... It seems like he gets concussed every game. He gets rung up. That was a legitimate one. It was. He got rung up. But the Rams game, too, if you remember right. the first play of the Rams yeah, game, yeah. the crossing pad, he got... Look, don't sleep on Zach Klein, man. He was key yesterday. 
Look, 42 is key every game. 42. We, we. See, have, I don't know his number. <laughs> yeah. 42. Yeah. I know the bad name. Getting to the defense, the one thing I will say, I do not believe the box score that Demario Davis only had seven tackles yesterday. Number 56 looks. <laughs> he's everywhere. He's, well, somebody, I heard somebody on uh, National Sports Talk Radio was comparing him to the Vilma signing, saying as great as Vilma was, that he's better. That the the level he's performing at, he was defending slot receivers twenty yards downfield. Sure was he right. was defending backs out of the backfield. He was hitting Jameis Winston in the vagina. He was it tackling was every it was fullback. Like he was, he was yeah. It was very keekly like he was yeah. everywhere. And our defensive line right now, oh my our, god, our four guys. I wouldn't trade him for any other four oh my in, the, god. in the NFL. Marcus Davenport is you got to be kidding me. Is about to start. <laughs> Beating on people. Uh, Malcolm Brown's killing. Uh, Rankins. Cam makes everything. Seeing 98 back out there, dude. Big shell. Makes all the difference in the world. And Well, I just want to point out, like, very quietly, you know, we went against what one supposedly one of the best running backs in the NFL. If not, you know, we can confirm that in Ezekiel Elliott. And that's when Rankins came back in. Clobbered. Clowers. Sheldon Rankins might did, be the best it? defensive lineman against the run in the league. Yeah. You know? And we haven't had that since Norman Hand. Since like, when? Big dude in the middle of the freaking line. I think you're right. Norman fucking it's, Hand. It's been man. that long. It's I been know. that long since you had somebody that always needed the center and a guard to take right. care of them. We have an interior defensive line it's just that's sick. incredible. It's overwhelming. Right like, now. We have the best pass. You, you guys are like, getting me so psyched up. Like, as soon as I leave, I'm going home just to watch those last two exactly. drives by the Bucks. Well, we had the three because sacks. Because we just kept three, reading on them. three sacks in a row. Or three out of four plays. Three yeah, well, there, you, there you go. I mean, no. and look, we could switch back to the offense and talk about... No, no, stick oh. with the defense. They're I know, I know, Will, but I just want to compare the sacks. You know, zero for us. I mean, six for us, zero for them. Right. Right, you know. I mean, Did Teddy get sacked against Seattle? I think so, but Prob- probably, maybe. Yeah. But I will say the offensive line from the Rams to the Seahawks to this game it's gotten much better. Oh my God! Last game we had six in the first half. Yesterday we had two. Right. And this offense, when we're not starting off first and twenty or second and fifteen, good, good Still luck, too many dude. On you cannot right. guard number thirteen. You do you think that um, you can't? That's hey, Michael wait, you, Thomas. Everyone. All right, all right. Got, back to the. That's Michael Thomas. I, I got a question yeah. for you too, because you were watching it on TV. Sure. On Michael Thomas's second touchdown, the one when he made the out move, and the defensive back ended up doing a three sixty. Like, could you see on TV exactly what made that touchdown? How he got that open, or did they have it following the ball? Do you know the one I'm talking about? No. His second touchdown, he comes off the line, runs straight at the defensive back four yards, leans in with his right shoulder. The defensive back thinks he's going towards the goalpost, turns his shoulder. Mike plants his foot and goes left. The other dude literally has to turn his whole body around. By the time Mike Thomas catches the ball, he has created literally about seven yards right. of fucking space between right. him and the nearest defender. That's right. You know, it, it was it was Lattimore, Lattimore, who's like been – a lockdown defender the last two has been like Deion Sanders like or your boy from the Jets um, that's what I was going to say if we want to um, get to the defense like we should talk about in the last two games the most it, outstanding it, player has but, been Lattimore but, 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 Lattimore but was, is playing all pro level but, Demario Davis right. playing all, to, all pro level Cam Jordan's playing all pro level but the reason I bring him up it was his comments about um, Michael Thomas 
that was like the best con I mean, he just like broke it down. He was like, here's one of this guy, like the best corner, what one of the best say? corners in the league. I didn't hear that. He just said, you just don't see guys that have the combination of everything that he has. The, sp- the strength, the speed. The route running. The size, the route running. The intelligence. The, the route running. The yeah. route running is Jerry Rice. Like you just yeah. don't yeah. see yeah. it. So you don't precise. see that combination. You know what else like, you don't see? That's right. That's right. Yeah. That like you a, saw on TV on replay. And he hurts people it. physically, by the way. He physically beats the shit out of you. And then when he goes to the sideline, I just noticed this watching the replay. He goes to every offensive lineman and says, thank you. He has. I didn't realize. He has that the highest. Yesterday. He has the highest. Super high, cool. He has the guy. best. Uh, Great re- teammate. Man, your dog has when he's, gas. When he's pressed. Like when the, when he's getting increasingly pressed every game on the line, and his uh, numbers just go up when he's because pressed. there's not that many cornerbacks that can press. They it. can handle nobody, yeah, right? Nobody, right? The stat I saw they flashed was like since 2016, he's like statistically the most efficient and the best receiver, and it's it's really not close, right? It's really not close. Which I got to be honest, like even going into the season, when people say, you know, who's the greatest receiver? By default, people say, you know, Julio Jones, uh, the Hopkins kid, or you know, the diva that doesn't have a team. Right. What I've seen with thirteen, I mean, I would love to see him with a quarterback that had a fucking rifle, because that's the only thing we haven't seen out of his game is is a deep. Yeah. You know, is is being able to bust the top off a of defense, but honestly. He's not that kind of guy. To me, yesterday for the first no, time, not. he reminded me of a receiver that I never liked, but I always respected, and that's Michael Irvin. That uh, dude, I don't remember him catching long passes, but I remember no. him catching every fucking third down, every first in. I mean, he. I would rather our best wide receiver be that type of wide receiver I hear you. because it's inherently inefficient to have a bust the top off the defense yeah. type receiver in that utilitarian kind of role because it's just not going to happen as often as somebody that you need to make those middle yardage 25 to 35 yard plays you know like a guy like if you look at the history of the nfl (laughs) i think if you look at the history of the nfl there's really only two receivers you could say we're physically dominant and deep ball threats no it's randy moss and terrell yeah. Like those to me are the two. And maybe Calvin Johnson. Although Cal- That's right. But I think that, uh, to your point, I think that I think that's your point. Michael Thomas with the right quarterback could be that deep threat guy. Well, no, here's well. the thing. No, I think I he's got every trick in the bag. I don't think he needs to be, though. Because he doesn't. With what no. he has right now, yeah, he's think, already been he, the most yeah. prolific receiver in the history of football. Right. Like, what more do we want out of him? Nothing. Like, I don't Nothing. want him catching four <laughs> balls. I don't want him catching four balls for 100. I want him catching 11 for 120 and dominating the offense sure. and, and using the clock a little bit. He, he somehow also seems to miraculously do things in a safe way, which Marcus Colston didn't. You know, sure. what I'm, you know what I'm saying? Like Marcus Colston was a balls-out wide receiver who would catch a ball that was over his head in midfield with a safety and a cornerback coming straight at him. He'd make the catch. He'd do the helicopter. He'd get back up, but he would be spun out for like three or four plays. Colson was remember squeezing that that every bit of juice out of his lemon. Tough. He was squeezing every bit of juice. Now, Very tough. Whereas Michael Thomas. Michael Thomas slides. He dude. catches the balls that are low, <clears throat> thrown to him. He does all kinds of if, things that just seem to be. It's like everything it's like is he's a correct chess, like and he's a right. Chess player. If you were to, yeah, I, I, I would love to see a computerized video comparison 
of Drew of uh, Colston and Mike Thomas running the exact same routes with Drew because I guarantee you the ball is coming out differently to each one for this reason. That's true. Colston ran very good routes. But Mike Thomas pass. runs elite, elite routes. Like Mike Thomas had very good hands. Uh, or uh, Colston. Yeah. Thomas has the best hands in the fucking league. Uh, best Ma- hands I've ever seen. Marcus Colston didn't really have quickness, but he had enough quickness for a big receiver. Mike Thomas is a quick, big receiver. Marcus Colston, too, you just said it perfectly, got 3,000% out of his ability and skill set because of his work ethic. Mike Thomas has that work ethic with the all-pro skill set, right. God-given skill set. Yeah, the natural a, talent. A 4-4 speed, yeah. a longer wingspan, the physically bigger hands, a little bit smarter off the ball. Although, IQ-wise, I would be shocked if Marcus Colson wasn't one of the smartest Saints ever. If you've never heard sure. that guy talk or have like a well-versed discussion on worldviews or politics or what's happening, like that dude, he... He's not a football player. Like, like yeah. he's a smart motherfucker. He's a bit of an enigma guy. He he really is. Like, he yeah, watches Silicon Valley. That's his show. <laughs> right. that's, yeah, yeah. That's his TV show. <laughs> right. You know, I don't think that's Mike Thomas's TV show. No. Mike Thomas, like, he acts, I mean, a lot of hip-hop artists, like, show up on the side. So now, real quick, can I give games. two snaps out to two. Alvin Kamara? Because... Well, of course, yeah. I mean... Th- th- I, I, what?! What else can you say, like, man? I, like every week, it's a, it's a oh he reminds me a little of Walter Payton on that run. Oh he reminds Gary me, Sanders, and then you realize yeah, and then it's like Gail Sanders. No, I've just never seen anybody do what this guy does. I mean, five weeks into the season, he's the sixth most productive running back in the league in total yards receiving and yeah, and, and he's had to play with a backup quarterback for three weeks where the whole defense has basically got their eyes focused on two guys focused on it. Focused on him. Like, that's the thing. We've got our backup quarterback in there, bitches. Why? You can't stop us with this? You can't stop those two dudes. Like, I... That's what I mean. Like, what is going to happen? Between that and the defense. And the national pundits are recognized. They're saying they that are. the Saints are Stephen A. The Smith has said it. Oh, the other guy say. from New Orleans uh, that played for the Steelers. Um, he's on the big NFL. Oh, Ryan Clark. He said that right now he thinks the Saints are the best team... Best special because teams. Because of the defense, yeah. Best defense. Yeah. The team we just beat put up 55 against the Rams in their house. Well, I, d- I wanted to point this out earlier, too, that going into that game against the Bucks, the Bucks had the number one ranked secondary in the NFL. And the best run defense in the NFL? So that's How that's did that something- work out? <laughs> and their linebacker had just tied the all-time record for most sacks in the first five, six games that's of right, the season. That's right. Yeah. How many times did he touch Teddy? And the, yeah. the other thing is, I don't think that you can judge running backs. The the, the way that the NFL and the is trending and has been for several years, you know, there's only a few teams that have like Ezekiel Elliott type feature backs anymore. It's like, you oh, know, they're gone. So yeah. so like like to me, you have to look to somebody like a Darren Sproles for having achieved the model of what the modern running back is. The modern running back in the NFL is supposed to be able to catch passes out of the backfield and run out of the backfield at the same it's time. Marshall Falk. I will never I mean right now it's I will two, never, two in our division. Kamara that's Marshall Falk. That's right. Yeah. I will never look at Alvin Kamara's 
statistics solely based on his rush yards. Never. That's ridiculous. And nobody will. Yeah, and nobody will. And it's sort of like, but to that point, it's the same way that Gale Sayers never ended up high on the all-time rushing yards list. He ended up only playing six years in the NFL, but here we are 58 years Still later. Still talking about it. After this dude played, because everybody could see with the eye test what this dude was. That's God, right. God forbid something happens and Alvin Kamara decides tomorrow at an airport, hey, coach, I'm not playing football anymore. I'm going to smoke weed in the Bahamas like somebody else. Right. He would still buy – people would walk Be the, one of the best players and, ever. and say he was one of the greatest I ever saw. Yeah. Because he's done shit that you just don't see you just done. don't see. Well, I, I think it's a, yeah, what you're referring to is a transformative style. You know, and like that's, that's like kids are going to look at this guy and just lo- they just love him already because it's a transformative – Style. Well, he, you know, when they're he playing. He threw a fucking pass the other day. I that's never another thing that I want to talk about is that the Saints executed on every one of their trick plays. We put Taysom in, he threw a completed pass. Alvin Kamara got the ball, he threw a completed pass. Yeah. And that was I a mean, great catch by Josh Hill on that play. It sure I was. Say. He got down to his knees for that one. We had a halfback pass to our fucking second string tight end. Right. It's a little cute. It's a little Peyton cute. It's astonishing to watch and see how many. <laughs> You're so cynical, man. <laughs> Isn't he? He just <laughs> is. No. Like, we, like even like look at. It's like, like a completed great play, man. You know, it's like. That's, well, that's okay, we I'm picked saying. up five yards, and it's like, do we really need to be running that play? Is all I'm saying. Yes, that because it keeps them play. off on the because on their the heels. next. Yes, and the next yeah. time you have that formation, and they have to think about. I'm that. just saying, next time you guys complain to me about Peyton being too cute. Just remember this conversation. There was a cute, cute when those, play late. To me, that was not an example of Peyton being cute. That's not cute. <laughs> a halfback throw to your second string tight end is not cute. Okay, what down was it? What was the down and distance? I don't know what was it. Look, okay. I don't, I don't wait, 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 wait. Okay. Can I answer, okay, please? Go, go ahead. All right, ahead. it was second down and three. Mm. If there is a time... To get cute, that's it. To get cute, where, where, where was the ball on the field? I agree, 40-yard line. There, 44, yeah, yeah. 46. Word. Okay, so I'm just saying... Would you not even agree if you want to put something on tape as a trick play to show teams to look at down the road that that's, that's probably the place to do that it? That is the thing. That so is, is this the closest thing I'm going to get to Joel ever retracting a statement? I'm not going to retract it. <laughs> God damn say. it! But here's what I'm going to God say. God damn it! We have oftentimes on this podcast said that the, the coach the, gets the, too cute. The best thing about Sean Payton being cute is the the uh, preparation that the next teams have to prepare for. Like that's the best well, part about it. Yeah, yeah. I'm just saying, dude. As somebody, that's the point you just. So made. that's why it's important to execute. That was my point. A, right. a play like that, and which they did, you know, and even the Taysom Hill pass. It's about four games know? from now. The Taysom Hill Think pass about, was not a trick play. It was a hike to a quarterback who true. threw a fucking well, crossing well, pass. Well, look, I just want to say that it's only true. trick in the sense that you're replacing the quarterback for one play. You know, that's what I mean by that. And then which, could, not too you, many NFL teams do. Not too many NFL teams. Because nobody there. can. Who's got Taysom? Nobody. Let me. I, this is what I've said about Taysom, like right off the bat. I'm like, if uh, what was that quarterback, the Jesus guy that we used to talk about all the time? What, Tebow. Tebow. Oh, Tebow. Tebow. Right. Yeah, yeah. See, I've already. Oh, did you see he lost a push-up contest I, to an inmate? I just want to say this that I've I, I've already forgotten about him. Why? Good. You know why? Because he could have been the original Taysom if he would have just listened to right. some people. 
he could have done those things because he had he didn't he have the passing he didn't have the passing skills. All right, now we're getting into right? the difference between Christianity and Mormonism, and okay. I really think we should go down that one. I Mormons really are better at uh, football. There you yeah. go. There you go. <laughs> Much clearly, I mean, they're so, better at football well, than they do evangelicals. That, they do that two-year thing that they do, that little thing where they go overseas. Now, when did when did Tebow kneel? Because they have to run away. Was Tebow kneeling during the anthem <laughs> during too? The missionary. Remember, he was kneeling. When was he kneeling? Was he kneeling during the anthem too? Yeah, I know about that. He he he. he when was he kneeling? He was praying. Uh, no, was, no, 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 no. I don't care what he was doing. When oh, was he kneeling? Well, he there, was kneeling during the anthem. Yes. No, 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 no. That, that was, was not yes. during the anthem. No. They had those they had those memes that went around. You know, that made it seem like that way. Look, I am not a Tebow defender, but I researched that. Okay, and, so and when, like, I'm no. just asking the question: When was he kneeling? At uh, what time it of was, the game? It was like uh, I don't lot. know. He was kneeling a lot. He would do it at well, various times. Like so, when we're doing the hoot chant kind of thing. Yeah, right? like praying to Jesus and stuff. Yeah, yeah, I, think, yeah. I think he might he have. Was, done it. I still have a. He problem did it a lot with because it. he was crazy. He was insane. I mean, if you've ever listened to the audio, he had small hands He's of, of, T- of Tebow on the sidelines, like you and I did back in the first iteration of his podcast, that he he would fuck everything up and he who did he have alshon jeffrey or what he had one of these wide receivers or alshon. and uh he went to the sidelines after fucking it up and not not studying the reads right and uh are not studying the routes we used to and knowing them prison, and huh? he would go on the sidelines and say hey man it's all right let me tell you the scripture from god exactly. and that's the reason why it's all right and the wide receiver's like no why aren't you, you know looking, what? You know what's all right? Looking at your iPad right now. If you now. would fucking learn the routes, you why dumbass. Aren't you looking at your, why aren't you like Drew Brees and looking at your like Microsoft Surface right now and looking why things just went? Like one, one dude just got up and walked away I in one clip. Like I, he was like, he's like, I'm done with this. Really, guy. really quick aside. I was in North Carolina last weekend for my mom's 80th birthday surprise party or whatever. But I'm surrounded by North Carolinians, you know, and. Um, Two things. One was they have turned on camp. That's not even the reason I brought it up. But they're like, you know, the 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 sort of like passive racism or the coded racism man is really coming out in North Carolina right now when they finally have a reason to be able to like dog on that guy. Um, yeah, they got a white quarterback, so now they can hate hate the brother. Th- that's right. And so there's a lot of that going on. They suddenly they're upset. And they have a white running and a white running back. Who's that's on really every good. Second commercial in Charlotte, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. McCaffrey. Right? Yeah, and then and they've got Keekley as well, another white guy, the best white linebacker maybe of all time. Apologies to Zonka or whoever. Um, but I was talking, speaking of Tim Tebow. Oh, that's one that I'm going to have to think about. I was having a conversation with um, an old, like my stepbrother's former wife who showed up at this birthday party, and she makes like a gazillion dollars <clears throat> with a YouTube video channel. Like, putting out content to like kids right yeah, yeah. kids channel yeah and uh so she's telling me about it or whatever sounds fucking awesome and i was like i had a it doesn't have a podcast she's like she's like yeah you should just like do this and that and it could really i'm like no we're, we have a narrow audience i like i was like my youtube vi- video channel was actually even more of an and she's wearing a shirt that's like love jesus or whatever uh yeah, yeah you know yeah. and she's already invoked the lord like five times while we're talking sure and she's like, what do you mean like your audience is so narrow? Like, why can't you expand it? I was like, well, the YouTube thing was called the Atheist Sports Show. 
Oh, boy. Yeah. I actually laid that down. Because we did this big Tim Tebow thing during that short run. And you can still go on YouTube and look up Atheist Sports Yeah, you Sports can. You can look it up. And you, you can see up. those videos that we did. Yeah, we got some hateful messages from by. some loving Christians. We sure did. Yeah. We got some people that told us to burn in hell. Yeah, that's right. We sure did. That's, that's what not. they want for you. What about, like, love that neighbor? Update. Yeah. Pelicans <laughs> up 75-61 at the half yeah. over the Atlanta Hawks. Zion Williamson's got 11. Drew Holiday, 10. Seven dimes for Lonzo. Your boy, Melly Mel, the, 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 Melly. the large Argentinian or Brazilian guy, whatever. He's lighting it up. Good. Dude. That's Wheeler's boy. Pels, baby. Why do you Can give me like- so much shit for liking Ken Rich? He's a good player. Here's why I give you shit for liking Kendrick, and I'm glad that we can get this documented on something else sure. other than just text. I give you, Williams. I, he's not as good as you think he is. That's that's why. I said here's he's a the poor thing. man's version of like Brandon Roy. Like Here's the thing. Tenth I have had to spend already too much time of my life on text uh, explaining to you. Roy. I, I think on a, on a good basketball team, Meaning forty-two wins or more. Uh, all right, K. Rich is your tenth, eleventh, twelfth guy. If you're a good team, uh, if he's playing a lot of minutes, this isn't personal. I think he's a good young man. I think he's he does as much as he can do with his ability. But if you look at a successful NBA team, a playoff team, a guy with his limitations, reminds me of Robert Ory. Should not be in the rotation. That's wise because you base it on. I'm convinced that the only thing you really base it on, and you'll never admit it, is because he's the same shade as Brandon Roy. That's why you do it. I also I think, compared him to Paul no, Pierce, that I think really I got a actually, lot of vitriol. No, I think it's actually a racial Pier- thing for you, Paul and that's Pierce, why you hold on to it. So Paul much. Pierce has a darker shade that's of gray. Why and I also that's what I, it is. I compared him to Paul Pierce as well, and nobody even no, paid that any no, attention. No, y'all went berserk on me. Because you in it's, particular, because they play completely different positions, and it's like saying no, they're crafty. I, it's like saying I'm a seven both foot crafty. Indonesian dude. I'm not a seven-foot Indonesian dude, so if you call me that, it's really not worth debating. All three of those players that I mentioned are all just crafty, slow, unathletic guys is all I'm saying. See, this is my point. You're arguing that he's better than a ninth, tenth player. No, I'm not. Then why are we talking about I love his game. Then you should have just said, oh, okay, I agree with you. I did say that. I was like, yeah, I know he's a ninth guy, but I really like him playing. I like him on the floor. If he's on the floor, we've got a problem. We're blowing people out. If he gets on the floor, we're either blowing no, I, people I do, out. Or I, I, I do think he could be. I think his his ceiling is his ceiling is like yeah, let's seventh or eighth guy on a good team on a playoff team. You're on crack if you think he's a seventh man on a good team. Seriously, uh-huh. you're really saying that? Yep. Okay. Can I name a couple teams to you and their seventh men? Sure. <laughs> Does, you know, I don't want to waste your fucking... I'm not going to waste your time with this. I, I would rather just... I'm going to let you hold on to that. Kendrick, okay, Kendrick Williams would be a good seventh David player. David Griffin came out and on, said on, how on, good this kid looks. Yeah, yeah, okay. And he's going to be your seventh man. No, I'm saying that his no, ceiling... That, no, that's what you just said. I'm his saying ceiling... No, I said his ceiling man. at some point in the future yeah. is seventh or eighth guy on a playoff team. That's okay. his ceiling. That's his best that's possible fine. And scenario. And if I can speak for myself... And just because I said his game reminds me of Brandon Roy and Paul Pierce, who were starters on playoff teams, doesn't mean I think that's his ceiling. I'm just saying 
his unathletic, slow-ass craftiness reminds me of those two players, and I appreciate that kind of play. I like guys who are underwhelmed in the athleticism department, but make up with it for just being fucking smart as shit. But can you and being liken him to anybody that you can compare him to as far as a marginally, athletically challenged mid-level player that had a successful career? Because everybody you mentioned is a fucking all-star. No, I know. Ori was. That's why Wheeler and I have Robert such Ori a. Wasn't. That's why Wheeler and I and everybody have such a difficult problem with you and the Kenrich thing is because you always compare him to somebody that had success. I'm just saying he reminds me in that slow and athletic way. He reminds me of Paul Pierce when I see him on the floor. He reminds me. Okay. He he gets around dudes not by athleticism but by craftiness. I'm okay. That's all. Okay. Look that you go to back to the eye test all the time. Mm-hmm. The eye test for me with Kenrich mm-hmm. is he reminds me of both Roy and Paul Pierce. I hear the words and coming a little out bit of, of Robert Orr. I hear the words coming out of your mouth. All right, I want to switch back to the Saints. Uh, Thank you. Do Thank you, you. When do you think Breeze is going to be back? Is he going to be out until the uh, until the the, the the bye? Yeah. You think so? I mean, considering you just beat Seattle and Dallas with Teddy, I don't see why you would. Even if Drew's telling you he's ready to roll, you just I don't see why. When you is our bye? Week nine or eight? Eight, November third. So that put us at before all right. Or after so we got two Card- more. Is that before or after the Cardinals game? It's Po Boy Po Boy Fest weekend after the Cardinals game. So we got two more. If games. he's ahead of schedule, I wouldn't have a problem with bringing him back against Arizona. Neither to be would honest. I. Arizona is not a threat to our quarterback. Yeah, I mean, I don't, I don't think that. Uh, I'd like to see him come back before the each uh, each game that we win. If he's right, us, if he's right, gives us more cushion, you know, in terms of the amount of time. That That's a tough he, question. He can take I don't know. The, he can take uh, to heal. I think some of it has to do, honestly, with what kind of wear and tear Kamara takes the next couple weeks. Because the longer number nine stays out, that the, is such a good call, dude. The the longer Drew stays Holy out, shit. the bigger target's going to be nine and thirteen. Yeah, I mean, I'm sorry, thirteen and Kamara and, and fucking thirteens well, isn't going to change every week. He is going to be the main guy that defensive backs worry about. But forty one, where he is on your priority list as a defensive coordinator, changes the roles of your defensive ends, your linebackers, your safeties, your corner. But even everybody with, has but to even guard with, him. But even with thirteen, I mean, I understand what you're saying about defensive scheming, but I don't think he has to carry the load of Drew Brees is in there. Drew Brees, look, Teddy's like really relying on thirteen right now, and I, I think it would be a once Drew comes back, start spreading the ball around to your line and your hill, the other hill, you know, um, and and gets Cook involved more, then that's suddenly going to you know take the risk of. Those two offensive styles, like from getting injured, you know, right? Yeah, no, I, I or just I, worn down or whatever. Well, and I and and it couldn't come at a better time, you know, whether it's one week or waiting an, an additional the, two the weeks. For, Which, yeah, yeah, right, yeah, exactly. Yeah. You know, because going into the second half of the season, I think you would want those loads to be lightened. You know, if it looks like we're on definitely on a playoff track. Then uh, you want your best players to be, <laughs> to be on, healthy. You're on a playoff track right now towards. Oh, for sure. A one seed. For sure. Right now. Yeah, yeah. You know. So we've got at Jacksonville, at Chicago, then home in Arizona before the bye. I would love to see Drew Brees at home against Arizona. I 
and week eight. That is a home game? Bring and it's week nine is the bye week. Nine is the bye week. So we have a perfect eight games, right? right. And then the nine. I'm just telling you. And then we pick it up again. Knowing coach, if we're – if we haven't lost by the time the Arizona game comes around, I don't care how healthy Drew is. There's no fucking way Coach sure. plays him. Well, they called no way. They called us no way. They called a six to eight week injury recovery. Arizona is week six, and Atlanta coming off the bye is week eight. That's where so I probably play. wait. Bring him back against Atlanta. Yeah. Like we need another reason to beat up on those. Right. He is a fucking willful guy, though, man. You know. You see him on the sideline. They show him. He's sitting there. He's doing like little he's doing thumb this. exercises and shit. The whole time he's working out that thumb. Exactly. And the, the look on you his know? face is so like. It's a, it's lightened up a little bit. Whereas Tim Tebow is like reading scripture on the sideline. He's just like. No, he's he's over there with a pair of headsets on, and he's playing the role of the backup That's right. quarterback. That's right. And he's assisting with the quarterbacking, essentially. That's right. You know, I mean, I I think that that's why. In some ways, I understand your point earlier about the money, but I think that that's one of the reasons why Teddy Could. stuck around this year, you know, yeah. because, I mean, some people don't want the tutelage thing, but I think that Teddy Bridgewater is not that guy. I think he's like and he's I, and a I, smart kid. And I think that Breeze also is a generous starting quarterback in that way. There are guys that will not. Favre. Favre. That will not help. The backup quarterback, sure, at all, because like yeah. I, I don't want you to beat me out of my job. Brady, get out of here! Oh yeah, Brady's a prick. Everybody knows um, that. But yeah, I mean, I, look at the Garoppolo. I think thing. that's a great point. Yeah. Like, I look at Teddy Bridgewater. He's 25, 26 years old. He's, he's got got an almost forty year old quarterback, Hall of Fame guy to learn from. Like, he's in such a good position that yeah, Joel, I still stand by it. I think there's a chance that he comes back. This no, year. I feel like we got criticized the Saints did for paying him seven and a half million dollars. Oh, I know, including that. I know from uh, people on our text thread. Um, but I, there's no way that the Saints can match a four-year, eighteen million dollar a year contract that he's going to get offered. No, I hear uh, based you. Based on hear that you. game yesterday, I, if I, we make a deep run into the playoffs and you know make it to the Super Bowl this year, I'm just calling it that a breeze is going to be done. He's going to retire. Oh, okay. There were already reports that he was uh, on the bubble well, about this case. year. Some people yeah. have said that, yeah, and I've heard a couple of national people say that with the way Teddy played yesterday, if we win this one, Drew goes out. His, God, that'd be great. His argument for goat is is validated a little bit more, and then Teddy just just comes right in, and then we can yeah. afford to pay. Yeah, 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 yeah. And I, I think I that like that it. would be. I think that would be. You know. Because, like, isn't Breeze's contract I, I, coming up also? I think he's in the first two. of a two. Two, deal. two yeah. It's first of a two. So he's got another year on his contract. Right. right. And he actually gave us a little bit of a break because he signed a two-year contract before that was more expensive. Right. Relatively speaking with current inflation. You got a roll in 10? Word. Uh, what else we got, y'all? You got the Pelicans up by 12 right now in the blender over the uh, – the well, Hawks. Well, we're at the Hawks, actually. We're not. Oh, are we? Yep. Oh, we are. You're right. Which is why I didn't explain the sports blackout locally. You know what I mean? I really did. We're playing at Atlanta. We're not even home, and the game is blacked out. That's right. Although, well, actually, Wheeler just sent a text saying it is on NBA TV, so when I get home later, I will. I'll, I'll watch it. Um, right. The, uh, let me, I want to ask you guys a question, though. New England or Kansas City? Well, uh, two yes. things right off the bat is that Mahomes is injured to some extent right now. And with his ankle being beat up, you see how much – it's a we- he's a weird 
an amazing quarterback, but he relies on running around. And in a weird way, him running around out of the pocket makes him better because he's so good at it. It creates an offense. He is easily the greatest out-of-the-pocket quarterback that I've ever seen. Yeah. But we watched that game that was on yesterday, last night. Um, When his ankle got fucked up, man, dude, his shit went downhill. It went downhill. You know, which is not, I'm not taking it away, but he's not yet, which is a crazy thing to say about a guy who has so much talent. He's not yet a full-on pocket, uh, pocket, pocket passer yeah. who, can, who can do that. And, and I'm not saying that that's a weakness so far unless your ankle gets fucked up. Yeah. You know what I mean? And, uh, and so the Indianapolis Colts strolled in and fucking fucked them up. We have to know? play them, don't we? Is, uh, that, is that game here or away? I don't think we play the Colts. The other thing is that... Oh, no, we do, of course. We do, we do, we do. Because that... Yeah. I'm going to give my full, full opinion about this. Is They're that a tough team. The, we play at home. The only other defense that might be as good as ours right now is the Patriots' defense. Yeah. They have an excellent defense, and that defense rose to the fore right at the time that Brady is really declining. Like, I heard for the first time ever punditry saying that Tom Brady is a game manager. Totally. <laughs> Which is... And I don't think that that's... False. I didn't you know, even see I mean, who did they play yesterday. I didn't catch any of their shit. Another uh, shitty team. Some shitty fucking team. Look, they they, yeah. they, they have, have such a shitty dude. division. They play. Come on, the Jets, dude, the Buffalo, the, the, and the, Miami. No, look, their teams they've beat so far are the Redskins, the Dolphins, <laughs> the Bills, who are the best. Uh, the Bills team that they've played. I want to say Pittsburgh, who's like. Sounds and the right Bills, now. the Bills lowered their uh, score more than anyone else. The Bills have a really good. The Bills team. almost beat them, almost and beat so them. the Bills were the only team in the top fifteen in the league that they've played. The other teams they've played are in the the last like twenty five to thirty two or whatever, and so they haven't played shit. So I, I go with KC to your question, Aaron. That I think KC comes out of that. Oh, and just to finish my thing, it's like I just would like to know what the extent of Mahomes' injury is because yeah. he was fucked up. It'll come out man. tomorrow. They'll report it yeah, tomorrow. Yeah, I mean, if it's a sprain, it's not a good one. I'm right. telling you, man. He was, like, limping around. like in a, and he was, They can afford to rest him for a he, couple he, weeks. He so. insisted on playing, too, you know, so, like, every time he's taking a step and going back, it's getting worse. That's what happens with a sprain, you know. Like, it right. doesn't get better by you being macho and tough. No, no. you got to rest it. <laughs> you got to rest it. <laughs> <laughs> so, so I, I don't know. I mean, there's other teams that are like sleepers out there that are weird, you know, like the Detroit Lions. They ain't going anywhere. Yeah, I know. Everybody says that all the time, man, but they have a really good fucking team. They're not know? going anywhere. Um, you got the weird Cleveland Browns. Who knows how they develop across. They have such a fucking hot array of talent on that team. It's like unbelievable. It might only be uh, held back by Baker Mayfield. Sure. At this point, I don't think that, that dude. And a shitty coach. I don't think the Rams are what they were no. last year. Just and because golf's not that good. You just have a rotating door of these running backs who are good from year to year. You know what I mean? It's like, 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 Gurley is not. He's done. I think he I might mean, be I'm, done. I think right? he's done. His, you know did you see his post game interview last night? No. Like he can't. I feel sorry for the guy because he can't answer questions honestly. Because I think what the case is, is I think he knows he's really hurt. The team knows he's really hurt. The team can't say how hurt he is because they just invested all this money in him. He can't say how hurt he is because he just signed for all this money. and He's getting the direct deposits every Tuesday. Yeah, yeah. So everybody's in the situation where you just got to kind of bite your lip and, 
and and stay to the cliches and hope for the best and hope he has a couple games. But I feel like I haven't seen that dude like have a dominant game at running back since like early last year. Like it's been a long time. I mean he. I mean, look at who you got now. You got like Jones with uh, Green Bay, right? Who had like an unbelievable performance yesterday against a defense that's supposed to be very good. You know, yeah, Vander Vander Esch, the great white hope of linebackers. Please, you know what I mean? Yeah, and he played, uh, he's, he's a good fucking player. ran all over them. Jones did. He did. He did. Well, he did. He had the four touches in the in the red zone and got four touchdowns. He did only run for like 110 yards. Yeah, so but the screen pass is a run essentially. You know? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, but it, it's a little different than like like when like when Adrian Peter like when a running back just gashes up the middle and everything. No, I I, but, but, I get but, that. But yeah. I hear your point. It's um, you have a lot of new faces yeah. who are playing really well. You know, very well. And uh, and and. You know, I, I, and that's just getting back to the point about the Rams. You know, I just don't think that they're the team that they no, were no. last year. I, I definitely hear you in the AFC when you're talking about the Patriots, but I think the Patriots are are on their way to an out of their division slaughter fest at, at some point. That's going to change everyone's perception about that team, even the, even though their defense is really good. I got to say, I'm. I'm I, I would love to see that, and I've been wanting to see that and waiting to see it for like the last. Well, they're out of five. Years. They're out of division. Slaughterfest is still going to be eleven and five or twelve and four. That's the thing. Is all I'm saying. They're still going to get home field advantage. They're yeah. still going to have no, to. No, I win. just mean that some team is going to like beat the fucking. No, exactly. Breaks but they're still only going to have three to five losses. Is yeah, all I'm saying. Yeah. I for the for the Saints, I worry about um, the Packers, the Panthers, and the Niners. The three teams that I think could. You know, down the line. Can I write those down? Yeah, the Panthers look great. <laughs> the Panthers, the the Niners, who are undefeated, and who was the, the third uh, one? The Packers, the Niners, and the Panthers. The Packers, the Niners, and the Panthers. Um, the I mean, Packers are Seattle's good. I think of those Philly of those, Philly potential. Yeah, I gotta say, of all the teams in the NFL, Philly to me behind us, I rank Philly, <laughs> then Green Bay. Excuse me. Green, uh, green, green don't, Bay. don't sleep on Carolina. No, honestly, I, I, right now I would put San Francisco right above Carolina only because Carolina's only had two games with this quarterback. Um, Carolina with Kyle Allen scares me a lot more than Kyle Allen with Dickhead. That's what I'm saying. A lot yeah. more. And Seattle. And I think San Francisco's going to win. They're going to win their division. I don't think so. I think they are, man. I, Seattle. I, uh, Russell Wilson is playing MVP football right now. Have you? Speaking of Russell Wilson, in your entire lives of watching NFL quarterbacks, have you ever seen a good, very good NFL quarterback complete more passes below the knees to his receivers than Russell Wilson? The guy can throw. Like, they must practice catching those low balls. I think only he and Mahomes throw certain passes. Like what you're describing, and I think that's one of them. You know, I think Drew Brees throws a great low ball. He did it all the time with uh, our great uh, slot receiver who went to the Ravens. Oh, uh, more, more, yeah, more. he was exactly. Um, but I mean, Drew, but he doesn't do it in the same way. What, what, like something that you're describing is like an incredible, you know, incredibly accurate passes below the knees right on the sidelines with a defender on top of the receiver. Yeah. Like, I don't even understand the physics sometimes of how 
Russell Wilson makes a few of the passes that he has in his arsenal. I don't either, but fuck him, we beat him. I know, we did. We did. Teddy, Teddy, Teddy. Teddy. I'm so happy for the guy, man. I really hope he's enjoying himself right now. Oh, I'm sure he is. Teddy, if you're listening to this podcast, and I know you're not, but one day you might get linked up to it, man. We're proud of you, Or someone might tell him about it. Way to go. I'm going to tell you about it next time I see you in the dome, bro. He's Good. holding himself together too. I like he's he's very composed. I feel bad because he's I, a professional. I, I do need to go, but I was really hoping to talk about Pels because you know, like basketball is my first love and That's there's right. there's never been a buzz about a New Orleans basketball season like there is for this one. And that includes when we had Pistol, when we had C P three, when we had A D any of the big motherfuckers that have ever come through this town, like nobody yeah. has ever garnered the buzz. They're not just Zion, but... No, we have a deep team. Man, we do. Yeah, and I want to tell you the story about... maybe the deepest team in the league. Dude, people well, on well, other websites are I, saying we are the deepest team in the NBA. Well, why don't we, uh, why don't we save it for next time, you know? And, uh, uh, I'm sorry. Okay. Pell's preseason. Because okay. okay. you got to go and we got to wrap okay. it up. You know okay. what I'm saying? Okay. And we'll get into it, Aaron, for sure. All right. <laughs> All right. Can I? Oh, uh, okay, yeah. I'm, I'll just say this. Then in closing, let me just say this. Basketball fans of New Orleans, you deserve this. You absolutely deserve this. We all deserve this. Who that? I got one bit of housekeeping to, uh, for an outro. Oh, okay. Yeah. Uh, election is a Saturday. Early voting's been happening. But yeah, it's closed right. now. So you can only vote this Saturday, October the 12th. Uh, there's a lot of shit going on. Um, I recommend going to dsaneworleans.org to check out some commentary. Um, the Democratic Socialism America New Orleans chapter, as well as anti uh, anti-gravitymagazine.com as well. Like, do your homework. Also, folks, I recommend this, but it's a bit of a bitch to do if you really like. If you're parsing between, because look, if you go to anti-gravity, Jeff and Aaron, you're seeing like. They're like, Jesus Christ, none of these candidates are good, including the Democrats. But please don't vote for this one evil fucking Republican. But there's, look, a lot it's, of, it's always, there's a lot of that. You know, I mean, this is something that I've said to people who are Bernie Sanders fans <clears throat> ever since he appeared on the scene for, for president. Every election in your life is like that. If you go back and recall in some way, and it's way worse here in a state like Louisiana. Right. You don't get to choose who is your ideal that's fucking right. candidate you don't just so you do are always evil you are always faced with a lesser evil right. in, in an election in this country just think about it if it's you're over the age of empathizing there's a, there's but there's only right. one there's only one like uh person up for election that everyone agrees upon is dope and that's the agricultural person marguerite green yeah, yeah everyone's just right. like dope right and that's the only non-lesser of two years. And unfortunately, she has no chance either, you know. And I don't want to, yeah. I mean, I support her. And my good friend, David Burley, had yeah. a, had an event at his house right. to support her as well. And, you know, you have to have the, you have to have the money. You have to have the name recognition. Well, and, spe- you know? and, spe- and speaking of money, and I say this all the time, like for folks who... Are because it's this lesser of two evil thing, and you can't really trust a Democrat in the state, in the city, to really truly be a liberal. Um, go to the Secretary of State website. You can just click on right on the left side menu when you go to Secretary of State. It's like 
uh, campaign elections, whatever. And then in that sub menu, there's like campaign finance portal. Right. And you can see exactly where folks are getting their money from. And I think that's a true indicator of that's how I'm going to vote. I'm going to read anti-gravity. I'm reading the DSA stuff and their recommendations. But ultimately, when I'm on the fence between two Democrats, I'm going to take the time to look at who funded their campaign. I think that's the best thing you can do. I mean, I think anybody with any any even just marginal sense can see that John Bell Edwards is the person that you want to elect for governor. Yep. And uh, it doesn't matter here because we're not a dot org, so I can say whatever the fuck I want about any right. candidate. That's right. I can tell you this, that one of the guys that's on the other side, Responi, is, is essentially a Nazi, as close to being a Nazi as you can be in the United States. You know, I mean, if you say Nazi things off the record, you're she a Nazi. Has, then you're a fucking Nazi. Then you're a Nazi. And that's it. And the other guy is a pill popper, a pill pusher. Yeah, he's um, a he's pusher. A, he's it's a, not fu- a popper. <laughs> he might be popper a popper. A he might be a popper. He, may, he might be a double P. <laughs> and, uh, and, and that guy uh, pushed opioids in a very small community um, w- uh, using, um, using pharmacies that he owns. Which, g- which guy? Uh, that's Abrams. Yeah, Abrams, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. He's, a, he's a... Abrams he's a, he's is the a, guy you don't want to vote for. Well, you don't want to vote for phony Responi either. No, you, know, you don't and, want to vote for... I'm just making sure. Yeah, yeah. Just Those two candidates, <clears throat> just stay away. My recommendation to all Republicans out there is that if you're dissatisfied with the idea uh, that a Democrat, um, a highly conservative, actual Republican with a D in front of his name, John Bell Edwards, is so beyond your pale that you can't bring yourself to vote for the guy just stay home yeah you know republicans stay home yeah if you're on the fence in any way just stay home and watch your fox news or whatever yeah. it is or listen to rush limbaugh you know yeah. and masturbate on the sofa there you go <laughs> that's that's great political advice that's sound political advice right that's there. right uh, okay, folks, it's a goodlifebabe.com. Jeff and Joel's Tales from New Orleans. Aaron, thanks for coming on the show again. Hey, love we you love guys. having you. Thank you for being here. Can't wait, can't wait for the next time. Got I'll bring I'll bring better sound effects next time, I promise. <laughs> Excellent. Yeah, yeah. Sounds good. Yeah. Goodlifebabe.com. Jeff and Joel's Tales from New Orleans. We'll see you next time. Yeah, right.